What is up, everyone? This is Diving In with Josh. I am Josh, of course, and this is the wrestling podcast that isn't about wrestling, but is about pro wrestling fans. And today, it's been way too long since I have talked to this lovely dude, and I I don't know why there's been so much time in between our last chat and now, but I, I when I decided to do Diving In, you my friend, were very close to the top of the list of who I wanted to talk to. And of course, everyone knows when they see this name, they know who he is, Mr. Fowl Original. Fowl, how are you today being on Diving In? Oh, thank you very much for bringing me on Diving In, Josh. Um, My God, I'm very well. It's my week off. I'm uh, drinking coffee and eating toast in the afternoon, and I've got no worries. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So, you know... um, We've been uh, chatting about this for the last couple of weeks and just, you know, life happens and you're like, when are we going to be able to do this? And it just kind of, honestly, the stars aligned. You've got your week off. We can chat for as long as we need to. We do have a topic that we're going to get to in just a second. Um, We'll chat about that in a minute. But I kind of alluded to you in our pre-chat that we were having that um, I wanted to bring something up. And um, for everyone listening, I haven't actually told Fowl what I'm about to talk about because I like to get some you know, real reactions from people on here and just kind of not let them think, just kind of let them, let them go. Um, Fow, I, you obviously follow me on Twitter, obviously. Um, I, uh, I, I posted something, I didn't even know how long ago, by the time you listen to this, it will be weeks ago, but I think it was about a week ago on my Twitter feed and you may have seen the video because it's, it's kind of old. It's a few years old now. I've seen it a year or two ago and it's just kind of popped back up. Um, there was this video of Lady Gaga, and she was talking about kindness, and she kind of brought up a, a lot of points that I'm not even going to bother to paraphrase what she said. I actually wrote down word for word what she said, and, and it's a couple minutes long, the video. Um, I'll link the video, the YouTube video, in the description below um, so you can kind of get a sense of how she kind of says it. But, Fal, I'm going to read this out, right? I'm going to read out what she wrote um, the best way I can, the best Gaga way I can. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm by no Go for means, it, my little monster. <laughs> rah, rah, or whatever the fuck she does. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, um, just, just quickly before I even read this out, Lady Gaga, to you, I kind of think that she's actually a really underrated, smart human. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that this woman actually talks a lot of truth. But when I talk about Lady Gaga, what's kind of, what runs through your brain when you hear Lady Gaga? Is it the, is it the dressing up? Is it the over the topness? Or do you, do you know what I'm kind of alluding to when I talk about how smart she actually is? Well, first of all, when I hear her, like her, her name, I automatically think rah rah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> that's the first thing. And once that's come out of my brain, um, yes, like I totally agree with you. She is a very, very smart human. She's a very smart person. Yeah. Um, she has managed to evolve and change so much and still keep interest on her. Mm-hmm. Um She's a really smart person. And I say that like, you know, woman or man, she's a really smart person. And she has managed to like really just carve out like her, like you, you're right. A lot of the things she says, her own, her own thing. Like she's 
when you talk about the evolution and like of Lady Gaga, yeah, okay, a lot of people remember her for the meat suit and the wacky outfits and the over the top songs and and whatever it may be. Um, but what she's evolved into in this day and age is very good humanitarian. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, think I mean that, yeah. Go on. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say like the musically. I always think of her musically, um, and I remember was it Tony Bennett she did some stuff yeah. with, like, and I remember just seeing that and it blew my mind. Like bearing in mind that I've seen her try so many different things and succeed at them, or yep. maybe not do commercially as well. Yeah. But she, yeah, she does a lot, and she seems to really care. That's mm-hmm. something that I really taken from her is that it doesn't matter who you are. She really does care. Yeah, I I agree completely. So I'm going to read out this, and I'll kind of obviously I'll let you know when I when it's at its at, at its end because um it's a little lengthy, but it won't take too much time. But um mm-hmm. I'll just read it out, and then I'm just going to get what you kind of think about this. But um here we go. Um, the fantastic thing about kindness is that it's free and it can't hurt you. It is the thing that brings us all together. In the time of chaos and crisis, what we all tend to do is start pointing fingers at where we think the bad guys are, where we think the evil is. We all start arguing. Everybody has a different opinion about that. Please do not forget, hatred or evil or whatever you want to call it, it's intelligent. It's smart and it's invisible. It doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a religion. It has no politics. It's an invisible snake that while it is planning to make its attack, it's thinking to itself, I'm going to divide my enemy into smaller, less strong groups. And then I'm going to make them hate each other so that it's easy to take them down. And as you're all yelling at each other, trying to figure out which group it is causing the problem, evil's winning all around us. We need to shift that perspective. The solution is that we need to build a kinder and braver world. Get rid of those labels, gay, straight, Rich, poor, mentally ill, not mentally ill, gun owner, not gun owner. None of this can matter anymore. We are unified in our humanity and the only thing we all know, the only thing we all appreciate in one another is kindness. So this has to come before all other things and you must operate relentlessly this way with everything you have. Now, I don't know, Fowl, why that hit me in the way that it did because like I said, I've seen this video years ago and then it's just popped back up. Um, but just to go kind of off of her stuff, I know that's a lot to kind of take in, but mm-hmm. I don't know why I just resonate with that so much because to me, that's a whole lot of truth that nobody else is talking about. I, I, I have to say that, um, so, so me personally, I'm an Asian Brit so my faith is supposed to be the religion of peace. Yeah. Now, that's something that I was born into. That was something that I, I, I've i struggled with for a long time because I see a lot of um, conflict with what's going on in the real world um, and what happens within that particular subset of religion. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I have to say is that it's getting better like within that community, yeah. but it, there's it's so hard. Some okay, so this just case in point, and I think this this is why I think it resonates with a lot of people here in the UK. There are there's a school 
in Birmingham, um, which was having um, a specific lessons to teach kids um, equality and to teach kids. Um, they were called, I think they were, they were calling them in the media gay lessons or it was LGBT awareness. Yeah. And it was letting kids know that it's all right that one of your friends might have two moms. It's all right that one of your friends might have two dads. It's all right that, you know, one of your friends may, de- may decide that they, they, they're gender fluid. And it was giving kids an idea and a baseline of what society is right now. Now, so to, for some reason, there was a lot, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Islamic kids in that school. Yeah. And so parents went outside and started protesting the lessons. They started protesting the fact that their kids have to go to a, a school where they're sexualized early. Now, the kids, it's a primary school, so they're about four or five years old. Yep. But I remember there being debates about the fact that these parents are right. Now, the council have come in and put um, and they, they banned them from actually being able to do any kind of protesting outside the school. They've recently gone to court and just won, you know, like a challenge to be able to protest. Anyway, this protest has been going on for the past three or four weeks to protest education because it doesn't fit a specific mindset. Because these people are gay, because these people um, are trans, they are not people. So you're able to protest against them. But... You know, if I always think back to if there's a kid in that school right now that has any kind of, you know, they're they're confused and they have specific feelings or they don't know what this feeling is right now. And they've got a whole sea of parents outside their school telling them that they're evil, they're bad, they're going to go to hell. Like, how terrible is that that we're in that kind of position now where... And where it, people are fighting for it. There's one particular mother that I've seen on there. And I don't say this in a harsh way, but you can obviously tell she has a lot of time on her hands yeah. because it, she's out there. Yeah. Constantly. She's at the front of the pack. We are the pair. And I'm just like, I just cringe at it every time because people come to me and they're like, so what do you believe about this? I'm a bit like, I believe they're idiots. I believe the people that are out there protesting it should at least give a chance to to realism, to real life, to, mm-hmm. you know, people, we're not in a position now where people should be hiding if they're different or if they, if they have a particular elite, you know, they have a particular orientation because that's not fair. No. Like everyone should be people. And I told you're right. That, that really does resonate with me as well. Like, I, I knew it would. And that's why I kind of wanted not to tell you about it because I got that kind of real reaction. I don't know if you've ever seen that video have you ever seen that video of Gaga saying that? Um, no, but I've heard her say similar. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've seen her at, like, you know, anywhere, whenever I've read an interview with her, it isn't like, hey, so I dressed up in a meat suit because I thought it would freak people out. It's like the meat suit is the visual thing, and then her words are always different. Her words are always, this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Or Whenever she's let's take an award that. or anything, she's always saying something about something. She tries to make her time in the spotlight matter. And I think mm-hmm. why I resonate with her words and what she's trying to do is because we live in a very, very fast-paced world and we have very short attention spans. Um, and we're always just looking for a quick fix. Look at some of our most... Sl- popular celebrities in the world, the Kardashians, um, or, you know, 
those kind of stars that are in the limelight that, okay, I'm not criticizing them. I don't know them as people, but they're not constantly, they're not going out of their way to make their time in the world mean something. We just know them as Mm. they make some makeup. They have a lot of money. They're reality stars. Someone like Lady Gaga is really advocating for something that she feels is she believes in. And when she talks about like hatred and evil, um, calling it intelligent, because in a sense, I believe evil is intelligent because it's evil is dictating what we think and what we need to divide and say, this person looks different. So therefore they're evil. This person is, um, uh, whatever in, in, in their community, their religion, their race, their color of their skin, they're evil. They're different. So we're in groups. We, Look at, okay, so wrestling. We always divide things into women, men, um, small, big. We never just look at anybody as just what they are doing. It's always, there's always divisions for everything. That's a very different, but there is, it is still a divide. Evil is putting things into divisions and saying, that's bad, that's bad. And a lot of us have been raised like that. Like you see things on the TV and you go, that's bad. I'm pointing my finger at you. But then mm-hmm. I wish we could live in a world where it wouldn't matter if you're a if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're a man, if you're a wooden woman, if you're white, black, it doesn't matter. I'm I feel very fortunate to have grown up in a very accepting household. I was always told no matter the you treat people as they treat you. You treat a person mm-hmm. as a person. And that's how I've always been raised. And I'm like, I'm not boasting Australia in any way, but I feel Australia is a very comfortable country in a lot of ways, not in every way. There's like any country, we have a long way to go, but I do feel like we are a very open nation and a very accepting nation. Um, I know it's a a lot to kind of take in and I won't spend too much time more on this because we do want to talk about something else, but um, in this day and age, Fowl, do you believe, you said that we are, you said that the world is better than it used to be. Um, I do see yeah. it that way, but in a lot of ways, I think we're going backwards in a lot of ways. I really do. There's still a lot of a long way to go and there's still a lot of hate and evil in the world. And I just, listen, I don't think in my lifetime that I'm ever going to see evil go away. I don't think evil will ever go away completely. But what do you think of the world now? Do you think there still is a big divide between whatever it may be? I think in in my few decades, the one decade that I've been on this planet, but in the in the several decades I've been on this planet, um, I have seen like I look at the way in which some something like okay, this, in the way something like homosexuality is represented within the media, I look at that now. In the early 90s, there was a show called The Thin Blue Line. And there's a particular actor in that show who I believe that the actor is actually gay, but he'd always be like the really over the top, campy, stereotypical representation of a gay man. Every show he was in, the second you see him, you're like, oh, he's going to be gay. And it was always played for laughs. It was never a serious situation. And then as time has moved on, then we move to the late 90s and you have stuff like Queer as Folk, where homosexual representation was that these are more than just caricatures. These are people. And 
we come to like then we go and then we kind of go back a little bit we get to will and grace and i don't like to rip on will and grace because i love will and grace but will and grace is almost like we're going to take this back as a community it's the stereotype then you zip to- <laughs> Yeah, but the stereotype was played for laughs in a really smart way. I think sometimes it was almost making fun of people that had made that stereotype. I know there's like loads of arguments there that can be had, but yeah. we were seeing a show which was main the main cast, one of the characters was gay. The show was called Will and Grace, and it wasn't about their relationship as boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife. It was that they are never going to get together because they're just friends. And I thought that was really special and smart. And then we get to like now where people are scared to have a gay character on a show Mm -hmm. because they may offend a specific subset of a particular organization. Mm -hmm. Like you're right. In ways we have gone backwards, but it's because the sensitivity has been brought up so much now that people are like, oh, well, if I say that it may offend X, Y, Z. And if it offends X, our crap, we can't do it at all. And I think we've got better. I think that as a society, people call stuff out now a lot more. They I think, do. they really it, it, do. but it, but it does lead to mob mentality. Sometimes I can see, um, I've seen it on Twitter, and I've seen it in real life as well. But it's just, it's really, it's, it's a really. I think it's a good time that, and I said before, the internet exists, so you don't have to take someone's word on okay, if you do this, it, like, I remember it used to be an old thing, oh, well, if you do this, it makes you gay. Like, if you wear yep. your watch on a certain hand or whatever. Like, that was just an urban myth. It was always just to kind of mess with you, to yeah. kind of belittle you for something that you're doing. And I think we've got better. Hell of a lot better. I'm a very, um, I guess my generation, or the generation that I grew up in, was almost, to a certain degree, a very transitional generation in that, a lot of those stereotypes were just non-existent. I grew up in a time where you didn't have to worry about if you wear this a certain way, you're perceived as gay or, or whatever it may be. I do th- believe in millennials. You know, you look at a lot of millennials and, you know, they just kind of a lot of... I, I, I'll speak for myself. I will do whatever the fuck I want basically, and I don't really care. I'm not a very easily offended person. I know that's not a very easy thing to say in 2019 because everyone's offended about something, but I don't get offended, but I know other people do. You can probably attest to this too. There's been many times I've gone to tweet something and then deleted it because I've gone, oh, 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 I can't do that. I can't yeah. do that. And it's and it's yeah. the world we live in. It it is. There's still divisions. We're still a lot of finger pointing at other, you know, different things. And I think what I, I I really relate to going, you know, taking this full circle back to what Gaga said is that mm-hmm. we are unified in our humanity. The one thing that none of us can take away: every person in the world is a human being, and we are unified in in that. We all relate in at least one way, and is that. We are humans. And I think there's way too many labels on things. Um, and it's just sometimes the world is a little, it, it's it's progressing. And then it's it's like when you get the, the chance card in Monopoly and it says take three steps back. It's almost like you process, proceed past go, you collect your money, and then you take three steps back. It is really like that in some ways. But um, I, I just... 
I, I, like I said, I'm going to put the link to the video in the description. Please go and check it out for everybody listening. Um, just please check out that video and just listen to the way that she really, really means her words. Um, and just, I, I, it might not resonate with you in the way that it resonated with me, but I think there is all, you know, it opens with the fantastic thing about kindness is that it's free. And I just think that um, we all appreciate there's nothing better than when someone is kind to you. It feels amazing. It, it No matter what anyone says, it's great to be kind and it's great to get kindness back. And I think we all, no matter what race, religion, color, gender, sexual orientation we are, is that we all like having kindness towards us. It makes us feel nice. So I just think Ellen DeGeneres says it best. She says at the end of every one of her talk shows, be kind to one another because I just think that there is a lot of value in kindness. But that's all I'll kind of say on that and it's just wanted to be something I needed to kind of talk about because I watched that video so many times over in the last week because it's just really resonated with me. But... Um, to move on from that topic, there's no really way to segue from that, foul. Um, <laughs> what, um, I'll let you kind of run down because as, as everyone knows diving in, I kind of let my guests take the reins of what topic we, we, we're talking about with whoever I'm talking to because I like to learn and I also like to kind of really dive in, no pun intended, on people's perceptions on things. Um, so please explain today what we are going to talk about um, here today. Okay, so um, I, I I brought this topic to Josh because it's something that I felt a lot, and I feel it's something that potentially a lot of people in life feel a lot. But I think it's kind of magnified us being on social media. But we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Um, I'm just going to just quickly, briefly give you just the Wikipedia like very brief synopsis of it because there's a lot more to it. But um, Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts his or her accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Um, despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all they have achieved. Um, individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success to luck or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. Um, and early research shows it's focused on the prevalence among high achieving women, but it's been also recognized to affect both men and women equally. Um, yeah. So before you, before you go on too much, um, foul, um, just, mm-hmm. I, when you said that to me in our DM, I was like, what? is imposter syndrome and you know what is this because i genuinely had no idea until i read what it was about and i'm like oh i know what that is i definitely know what that is but um just take me through why you decided that topic of because like i said i gave you you literally the world was your oyster you could have talked about absolutely anything you wanted what what really wanted to make you talk about this today? Well, it's it's kind of almost a, like a personal thing with me. Um, now, I know that a lot of people, and I, I really do like it, have been able to come onto this show and others and speak about their 
their experiences or issues with mental health or anything that they've got going on, I've always found it quite hard because of imposter syndrome. Now, I always feel like, and it, it's something that happens with me a lot, like I started doing all the foul original stuff back in 2016, da-da-da, this has been spoken about many times. Yeah. But when I started it, it was all about because I didn't feel belonging in what I was doing at the time. I felt like an imposter in where I was. Um, and I wanted to do something different. And doing it for as long as I did, there were certain points where I was like, I'm not doing well. You get a lot of negative, you know, you get a lot of negative stuff from the family, from the people in the real life. And then in last October, I started kind of blowing up and stuff was going well. It was at that exact moment that I was like, well, that's it they're gonna know i don't know anything that's it like this has all been like luck the whole way through even though i know that i was doing stuff that was making these things happen they weren't just falling in my lap um and i've been i've been dealing with it since like october personally because any time that i've managed to get like an interview or get like a like a deal with like the fight.tv thing fight.tv put me out of action for like a, a day because i remember the second i got that deal i was like oh shit now people are actually like paying attention mm-hmm. again and it's this feeling of what we do like I, I i started doing podcasts ages ago and i started doing them again and the first day i did one for for brain Buster radio the first day i did one straight away i did it i remember listening back to it and i was like i'm shit like, straight away i was like that's it that's it dream is over like i'm shit because i'd left like some music playing in the background and i hadn't sorted out because i was freaking out about other stuff that whole week was me trying to prove over wrestlemania week that i was still that i'd done this that this was me that i'd done it all um which sent me to obviously the brink of not madness but it sent me to the brink of well fuck everybody i'm doing this on my own and that was because i was like i don't want it to ever be a it's it's really weird like i spoke about this with people outside of the internet and stuff and kind of figure out what was going on and it was like no you're doing really well my brother is a really really good like sounding board for when i've done something good and i'll i'll say something to him and he'll be like oh yeah you've actually done really well there he's the one that's kind of been pushing me from behind the scenes last september to say look you're actually kind of part of the wrestling journalism like you're actually part of it you know this thing that we used to watch when we were kids and that would be a knock that would be a kind of well oh shit yeah like you know like i am talking to this but it doesn't mean anything even though you know getting message like being able to speak to um who does speak to the day wrestlemania like wrestlemania that was the biggest moment where i was like oh shit and i spoke to him and we had a conversation and i remember thinking he's just like me i think that was something that really like caused a lot of this for me is when in january i was like well everything's like me yeah i so when you kind of brought this up with me and when i kind of looked at it i was like i can relate to this in a way that i haven't really shared before and I was kind of thinking I'm like do I let Fowl just kind of tell his story and I'm like no I'm doing a disservice to myself if I don't talk about this and the feeling shit feeling shit feeling like you don't 
you're not good enough for what you are doing. You have, you just feel like everything that's happened is luck in a way. You're like, I just got lucky. I, I'm not good at what I'm doing. I'm just lucky. And I'm essentially just, I'm always so down on my own work. I never, I never ever give myself any credit. I always go, oh, but it happened because of this. I'm here because of this. Um, do you kind of see where I'm kind of going with this? Probably foul, but it, it mm. is very much um, getting super down on yourself and, and just not really realizing that you have a spot anywhere. Um, but mm. I think where it all kind of, when I kind of went back and was like, where did this really begin? Um, I think in, listen, Brain Buster is the best thing that's happened to me. Best thing that's happened to my podcasting stuff, and it's you know allowed me to really. Dude, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. I say this to everyone. Kudos, man, because you know, as I said, I like this is this. You deserve it. Like that's something that you are working hard, and it's a platform to really show off that you know a little bit more of what you can do as well. Yeah, but I think to me, it's the best thing that's happened. But in a lot of ways, I'm more down on myself. Because I'm like, there's so much talent around me that I'm like, why, why do I fit here? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm like, yeah. I don't belong in this. I listen to everybody else. I, I genuinely care and, and appreciate everyone in Brain Buster and beyond and beyond Brain Buster. But just, you know, this is where it's really honing in is that I listen to everyone. I'm like, they, these people are all really good at what they do. They're all very smart, intelligent, respected people within the wrestling community, within like our little Twitter world. But mm-hmm. why do I fit here? I don't. I I never understood it. And it, the same with you. You're talking about you're talking to Russell Lamia, and you're like, he's just me, and I'm just talking, and we're just shooting the shit about wrestling or whatever it may be. I think for me, um, I was so. <laughs> going back and looking at this, I feel like when I got the interview with Chris Van Vliet, I was like, what? I freaked out working Mm. that out because I'm like, you know, he is obviously very good at what he does. He's coming onto a show where it's, you know, it's, it's mine and I've got to try and navigate this thing. And I was freaking out. I've never told anybody this, but I was absolutely losing it. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. He's going to think I'm terrible. But then actually having a conversation with the dude, I'm like, we're all just people and I'm just talking. And I feel like then is when I've kind of gone, okay, I have a spot. I've, I've, I know what I, I, this is, see, even talking now, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be boasting. (laughs) But like, I know what I'm doing. Boast, boast. You know what I mean though? Like I do know what I'm doing and, but even you know, I have so many times where I listen to someone else's, whether it's in Brain Buster, without a Brain Buster radio. Um, I listen to their stuff and I'm like, you know, peop- I can see why people want to listen to these people, but why in the hell would you want to listen to someone like me? I feel like I've done that all my life. I've never gave credit to myself in anything I do. I'm never like, I'm the best at this. I'm always like, oh, I'm okay, but this person's better. Has um, mm-hmm. this been something that, You've always kind of felt, foul, or has it just been within the podcasting, wrestling community world? Oh, nah, man. This is going back. So, this is... 
and this is the thing I know that it always has been. Um, we spoke about kind of like how I've seen changes. Um, you know, when I was younger, back in the back in the eighties and nineties, when I was younger, like being an Asian kid, um, and when I say Asian, Pakistani, African mix, like being an, the Asian, the brown kid, like it, it, there was a certain expectation of you, and. I gravitated towards like in the eighties and nineties. My my best friends when I was at primary school um, was a guy called Dominic, um, black guy, Christian, amazing guy, and um, a guy called Amandeep, um, and he was Sikh. And obviously, I'm like the Muslim in the middle. And like it used to be really fun because like my group, my like, immediate two best friends were like their viewpoints are totally different to mine so i got to experience a lot of things that probably i wouldn't have in my little isolated world bubble when i got to secondary school it was again kind of like asians were like it was half of the school was asians half the school were white guys and we kind of played upon that a little bit but i never fit in within the asian community because i'd be speaking about something which didn't relate to them or it was a viewpoint that wasn't shared so then as I went into like uh, like to university and stuff and I got a chance to be out in the real world, like it was weird. Like I'd lost my kinship with Asian people, but I didn't ever feel like I was down with the white guys. Like it was really weird. Like I would be, I used to always make a joke. I was like, oh yeah, I'm white really. I'm just really dirty or like I'm white really, but you know, I'm just really hairy because no one could understand that I didn't want curry and want this and want that. Now that's not their fault. But it just kind of, it's why I moved to rock music. I remember I used to be like, apparently, I was the only Asian goth in Birmingham. I don't believe that. But of that time, I know that I specifically was. People were like, wait, are you Asian though? And I'm like, yes. Or it used to be, I don't mean to offend you, but are you Asian? So I didn't even feel comfortable with being me out there. I'd never want to bring up that I was Asian. It was always like, We'd make jokes about the religion, like, you know, halal. I'd make that joke about everything. Is this halal? I didn't care. I'm eating bacon sandwiches. But it's, you know, am I doing that to fit in? And I never really felt... I did, at times. I had really, really good friendships, really, really strong friendships. But it would always be, ah, nah, I, I'm, I don't fit in here. Yeah. Something, something not particularly right with me being here. Am I here because I'm the joke? You know, that's one thing. Am I here because I'm like the Joker and that's what I'm here for? Or it's it's a it's a strange feeling that's kind of followed me around since a very young age, really. Um, it just gets magnified here on social media oh, so yeah. much more. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think that's more. what it is. <laughs> um, I'm and, the same. I'm the same. I didn't think that with every single friendship bar maybe my only friend that I still talk for, for, talk to from school... But I feel like I was like, I see the value in other people, but I, I don't see them seeing the value in me. And I know for the 99% of the time, that wasn't the case at all. That was just genuinely in my head. Um, but I just always like, oh, they've got someone better. There's always someone better than me. And I seen that in myself. I'm like, that person is... I always think there's someone better. And I think with... What, you know, really, you know, hits me with this kind of stuff is I can, this is a horrible thing to do, but a lot of us do it, is that I compare myself to everybody else. 
And I'm mm. always seeing that someone's doing just a little bit better than I am. And I'm like, oh, that's because they're better as a human being than I am. I don't see... Mm. I, I'm always very... Like I was doing before, I'm like, oh, I hate to boast. I always do that. I'm always like, ooh, I don't want to, you know... I'm always um, very scared of the perception that I'm going to give to other people if I say I'm good at this because I don't genuinely believe it. So therefore it comes across the wrong way and, and whatever it may be. I think with you and me, Fow, I, I can already tell that this will be very much a similarity is that my escape from all of that is being funny. I'm very self-deprecating. I make fun of myself more than I make fun of other people. Um, so I always see it as a little bit of a way out. I know the one thing that I always lean on is being funny, is that I can get a laugh out of people, no matter the cost at, at my expense. I'm always, you know, you. we've talked many times, Foul. We always have a laugh. We're always, you know, we chatted before for ages before we even recorded today and we have a laugh. Um, Mm. Do you kind of go to that as well? Is your kind of scapegoat or security blanket comedy? (laughs) Every, every single day of the week, man. Um, It's, it's my whole, it's my whole thing. Like that's what it, I mean, there's, I'm a, so I don't know astrologically what is how everyone listening to this is, but I'm a Gemini. So, as a Gemini, allegedly, Ooh, I'm like... I love this crap, so please, I love yeah, this. I'm a yeah. Sagittarius, so... Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, see. So, yeah, as as a Gemini, there's supposed to be, like, two of me minimum, yeah, and there's supposed to be 12 of me. I think there's 12 of me or 13 of me. Um, different versions of me, allegedly, that, like, as a Gemini, I can be, I can be really nice at one point and then just turn on a dime or whatever... I know that I can, yeah, and I know that I've done it. But it, I, I know people have, like, any time I said to someone, hey, I'm a Gemini, they'll go, oh, yeah, I see now, I understand now. And I'm a yeah. bit like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, actually, yeah, I understand, because I was really nice to you this morning, and I was an asshole to you this afternoon, yep. and then today, we're all sweetness and light again. I kind of see, I kind of get it. Oh, I'm the but, same. Um, when I go on, when people are like, I can tell you're a Sagittarius, I'm like... What? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I am very hot-headed, and I will confront anybody. So, um, yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I remember, like, going to see uh, my ex's mother-in-law, yeah, and I've got to go see her, and she's like, so, tell us about Fowl. It's like, he's a Gemini, and they all went, oh, he is, isn't he? And they all looked at me, <laughs> like, her mother, her mother was, like, a... Uh, like a hippie and like she was really like into astrology and star signs and everything anyway so i could see what she said she was like we're gonna have to keep an eye on him aren't we and i was a bit like what the fuck i was a bit yeah i see it i see it and like i uh i know that i bring out certain versions of me specifically to deal with things i because why not if it's if it's easy to make a joke about something do the joke because if at least one person laughs then it's joke completed like yeah. joke completed and it's fine and you're right i will happily i spent so long in my show just going well i'm fat i remember just yep. going because i know it will get a quick giggle okay a quick giggle from someone and it'll help us move on um and it's self-deprecation isn't it like 100 percent. 
easiest way to get a laugh because I said this actually, and when I was when I was young, I was trying to write scripts and stuff. And someone, one of my uncles, came over to me. I looked like at the time, I think I looked like uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember now. Uh, directed uh, Stanley Kubrick. Like I had a Stanley Kubrick beard, like the big bushy yeah. beard, and I looked like crazy. And it was like what are you doing? I was like, I'm writing something. He was like, oh, what are you writing? And I said, I'm writing a comedy. He was like, why is that? And I said, because it's so much easier to make people laugh than it is to make people cry. <laughs> it was it's true, like, though. Oh. It, yeah, it is so true. And you know what I think with with me is that um, in relation to podcasting is that the quick laugh to me is going, okay, this is my way to get people to listen to me because the other people in the podcasting world, have better opinions, they have better segments on their show, whatever. But at least if I can be funny, people will go, he's the funny guy. So I think to me, that's my way of trying to almost compete. Not compete, Mm -hmm. because I'm not competing with everyone. We're all like a family. But it's my way to try to stand out, I guess is what what I'm getting at. And I think you would probably... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, is, that's probably your go-to as well, is trying to stand out so you're like, I know that I can be, I can get a laugh. Dude, I'm at the moment, uh, this week as I've got off, like, I've, I've bought a few bits from Amazon because what I want to do is I want to change the format of my show again. I'm going to go back to kind of a comedic, comedic kind of stuff because, yeah, as this more serious I get, it's almost like, I lose part of what I did before. It always used to be my shows were always supposed to be funny, funny first and foremost, because as you said, I was a bit like, well, I can't compete with, you know, I can't compete with Solo Monster and him going out there because he knows everything. And I can't compete with this person because they know everyone and I can't, but you know what I can do? I can hopefully make a joke that they wouldn't make, or I can, I can do this, you know, because if it's funny, I'm having fun and at least I'm having fun through it, which is 90% of what I do. Like I used to work bars and when I worked bars, like I was in charge of them. So I I run bars, I got like 25 staff and you'd have to keep them all entertained all day. Oh shit, yo, that's me. I'll be coming over to them constantly, like, you know, make it ripping on them, letting them rip on me or whatever, because I knew it kept them motivated. Yeah. But if I went over to them and said, this is how the day is going to be, you are going to hate it. You are going to get fucking slammed here every single minute. I'm going to be running behind you, screaming at you for this and that, because we need this. Customers aren't going to care. They're going to try and. But if I said that, oh, no, God, nothing would happen. But that's how I felt inside. And it's like trying to keep that from getting out. Shit. That was another one of the fouls that had to stay in there. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, but it is very much like that. And. Um, we we definitely shouldn't be like that, but it's easier said than done. I know why I've gotten better. I don't know about you, Fowl, but um, I feel like I kind of can uh, see my place at least and go, okay, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand what I'm good at and why I'm where I am, and, and it does require a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and time put into this damn thing that's nearly been going. I mean, my show's nearly, you know, a year old and I'm like, man, the hours that I put into this to make this good um, has to account for something. There's got to be a time where you've realized you've gone, no, I've, I got here because 
I put in the time and I'm good at what I do because you are good at what you do. No, thanks. I, I like to me, and I thank you. That is really appreciate. I really appreciate that. Like I, I am, I know that I got to a certain point, so it's weird. I had this goal, which is why I was specifically kind of doing what I had to do in the way I had to do it. I had a goal that by June, because it's my birthday in the middle of June, I was like, I am going to be the fuck out of what I'm doing in real life. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore because it's killing my soul. Yeah, like in the sense of not like I'm out there, you know, doing a job which I hate because it's physically demanding or whatever. It's just mentally taxing every single day to have to go in there and be nice. And I'm seeing what I'm doing here kind of, you know, doing really well. And I'm like, shit. I want to do that instead. I gave myself June. Now I'm at June and I haven't achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve. I've had fun along the way, God damn it. But um, now I know that I worked my ass off to get to where I was in January, February. And I know that I can do it, but it's so much easier to just put on like, I was talking about I, like yes i had a day off after sunday and i just put on like eight hours of some random tv show and i just sat here and did nothing yesterday i took a day off from life basically on monday because i was like well i'm not good enough to do these ideas i have um because i do as well measure myself against other people yep. and i'll look at what they're doing and i'll be like well shit also the thing that i particularly have which is if I see someone doing a particular idea, I don't want to do it because I feel like they're going to think I stole the idea. You know, it's a really, it's a really weird, yep. stupid thing to no, think. No, 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 I like, get well, it. If I do that particular thing, then someone might go, ah, shit, I was doing that. Why are you doing that for now? And I'm like, well, because I would like to do it. So, for example, I've just picked up Fire Pro Wrestling um, on Steam because it was really cheap. And I was like, oh, I'll just buy it. I got £20 Steam gift voucher. Um, and it's really fun. But if I start playing it, I know there's certain people that will be like, shit, man. Like, I, I do some Fire Pro stuff. Well, what the fuck? Like, why wouldn't you tell? And it's that's just the way I am, though. I never really accounted to anyone before. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I'll just do this. And it's awesome that people can message me and ask me that. But I went... And I like, I'm just... For example, there's obviously a particular individual on Twitter, a DJ that we all know of. Mm -hmm. And this DJ, I had him on my first, one of my first roundtables, because that was that was me trying to prove, you know, that I was worth something. I was like, I'm going to do these roundtables, and I'm going to get together people that have never spoken before, and I'm going to do this because I'm so confident in what I'm doing right now. I was so fucking confident for like two months straight, and just going out messaging people I never would have in a million years and just gone, hey, do you want to do this? And I interviewed the DJ um, as part of a roundtable. I remember hating it every second of it, but I was like, you know what? Greater good, greater good, greater good, greater good. Then I found out what he was actually like. And mm. I remember thinking, shit, that was a misstep, wasn't it? And then I had this thing where I was like, well, I don't want to ever say anything because he's a nice guy. But is that me doing it? You know, like, is that protecting the brand or is that protecting me? Yeah. And now that I can't say it, do I have to sit here and just like, do I have to sit here and go, yeah, he's a great guy? Because he started using my name as like an in for people who was like, hey, I talk to Fowl all the time. And I was like, dude, we spoke one time. Oh, and shit. after this point, 
Yeah, and that's what I mean. Do you see, see, see like, and he'd, he'd speak to people, and I'd see it. He'd be like, "Hey, can you make sure this person comes on?" I'm a bit like, I don't want to explain that you shouldn't, but this is the reason. I had someone saying, "But he's just got to this many subscribers on YouTube." I was like, "Yeah, but someone in real life is going to punch him in the face one of these days, and you don't want to be allied to him because he'll just." You know, and I see these people creating characters to protect themselves. And I've become so much more real over the past year because I was like, yo, Fal Original is Fal Original. I only, he's just a name now. It's 90% me. Like, it used to be a lot less. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, but however, the one good thing that I, and I, that's coming from all of this is that I've seen, like, you know, that, I do have a place within like the community and it's just me being a stupid little boy. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's me being the little seven year old boy, eight year old boy going, but no, they don't really like me. They just like that. I have this remote control car. Oh, they don't really like me. They like, do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've had that in so many situations as well. Oh yeah. Um, I'm the more, I'm just a moron yeah, yeah. that does 90% shit posting on Twitter I, that's me. That is me. But it's just, um, I guess. Hey, whenever you start out in something new, you got to find your feet, and then you just find something that kind of works. And I'm like, listen, I've always been something that I'm am really proud of within this is that I've always been 100% authentic me. I've always been open, honest. You can see straight through me. I, I'm always transparent. I'm I'm never closed off. I'm proud of mm-hmm. that. I'm proud to just be. Josh all the time um, and a lot of my kind of humor is just being a moron is being just a complete jerk off on Twitter really is a lot of my tweets um, but to your point there's so many people that play this certain role within Twitter or whatever it may be or just on their show and okay whatever works for you works for you but um where do you draw the line of being just... I don't even know how to say it. There's a certain line that, that a lot of people cross on on that, and they just rely on the fact that, hey, I'm playing a character. I just don't... I don't know. I don't, I don't understand like, it. There's no shelf life in it. Like, that's the whole point, is you can do that for a certain amount of time, but at some point, you're you're living that character now. So if you're living that character, you have to... Okay, so it's something that I've seen with, you know, like what happened with Ty Valkyrie. I don't know how quickly this is going to age, but Ty Valkyrie, not that long ago, was involved in an altercation with a fan, and the fan was shouting at her, and she went along and smacked the beer out of his hand, and everyone on Twitter went crazy, and they were all like, oh my god, she should have taken that from him, and oh my god, she assaulted him, and oh my god, a bit like come on yeah she got in his face he continued to do it he didn't shut up like i think she was gonna leave it and then he called her a, he, he called her something he says well, like you're a whore and you smell weird or whatever yes yeah, and then something got a little bit much or something like that but but go on yeah something that crossed the line he she slaps the beer out of his hand he goes crazy and then people are like oh my god they shouldn't have and they ejected him and they're like they ejected someone else out along the they're like oh my god they shouldn't have let him do that oh my god she assaulted him i'm like no she didn't she if she wanted to beat him up i think that that woman could probably beat the crap out of that guy 
But it was more, this is still my heel tactic thing. I'm just knocking your drink out. The drink might have cost you $10, but it's nothing. But, you know, if you're going to be that guy, imagine if you were a podcaster out there, that's your whole gimmick, and you get out there and you're like, oh, Tyler Valkyrie spilt my drink. No one's going to care. No one's going to care. They were like, well, you were being an asshole. So... He spat, I think, didn't he? Didn't he spit towards yeah. you or some shit? Which is not... Yeah. I mean, getting spit on, from my perspective... If someone was to spit on me, that's the most disrespectful thing you can do to a person. I'd rather get punched in the mouth than get spit on. Yeah. I, I, but then thinking that you're in the right, oh, it's okay, they paid to do that. Like, these aren't... I, I, I think that the moment, like, if you've ever watched the movie The Wrestler, I'm guessing you have at some point. Yes. Um, the Wrestler. So, you know, they have that weird, like, mirroring of what it's two people in two industries that use their bodies for the entertainment and gratification of other people and it shows how you know being a stripper or being a wrestler they're very very similar imagine it these people that are going out there essentially thinking well i'm paying her to strip basically she showed a little bit of skin so now i'm going to treat her like she's a stripper like that's what's happening and you can see people that can't understand that they're they're watching a play like you wouldn't spit you, you wouldn't spit at a fellow running over to you you like you wouldn't do that because that's no. not good form just because you're drunk and just because you're like this is part of the show there is a line you know you can't spit at people like that's past the line like that's that's no longer in the line like what's the next thing people are going to jump over the guardrail start taking cha- steel chairs over there like that, that's like how is that right and and especially in the situation we are now, kind of like the episode of Homer Badman from The Simpsons, as long as everybody's recording, everybody else will be okay. If there was no video recording of that, it would have been, oh, Ty Valkyrie beat that guy up for some reason. Don't know why. Like, yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I think this all kind of... You know, it's really weird that this conversation we're having right now relays and comes full circle onto what we talked about before with the kindness and division and evil and and labels and all that kind of crap because no matter the circumstance between Tyre and the dude and stuff have you noticed that everyone instantly pointed fingers at whoever was wrong whoever they thought was wrong have you noticed that mm. in the like especially you see it on the internet it's obviously in the real oh. world but you see everyone is Everyone is so quick to have an opinion without knowing everything that even happened. A lot of those people making assumptions haven't even probably watched the video. They probably haven't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done this. It's all he said, she said, she, she said. And no one is really actually outlining the actual thing that happened. No one is actually pointing out the thing, this actual situation. But instead, it's just like, she's wrong. He's wrong. She gets paid to do this. He's this piece of shit she's this like have you noticed that people like i know we're going into a very different thing but who even cares Mm. this is what this kind of thing is about but if people are so quick to have an opinion when sometimes it's just best to know your place and i understand having an opinion everyone is entitled to an opinion freedom of speech but it's it's never actually about the actual thing that's going on it's just i'm right this person's wrong Instead of actually outlining the situation, there's no sympathy, there's no companionship. There's something that 
you know, like a lot of people talk about it and it's it, it kind of generalizes a lot of people and it bakes them into a straw man or woman. But the whole social 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 justice warriorship, yeah. There's there's sometimes where I think that people are doing this specifically to have that to talk about perception, to have a perceived opinion on something what one of the ones that i take especially seriously and you're right like people are jumping on stuff to be the first person to have that opinion because they want to have the tweet with a thousand likes they want to you know they want to be the first person to talk about it um there was that situation ashi masaro passed away and um and rebby hardy put out a tweet totally unconnected to anything that's going on yeah because she just didn't know maybe I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that she didn't know. And she tweeted something based on RuPaul's Drag Race because she was watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And she tweeted nothing other than, I believe it was just like an eye, like, you know, the eyes, two emojis. Yeah. People started to analyze these two emojis and they were like, oh my God, that's terrible. She's just died and you always hated her and you must be celebrating. And that's, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe it wasn't over social media straight away. Maybe the woman was just watching something, sat there with her phone and just tapped out. I'm watching this show. But people immediately jumped on her immediately. I'm talking about seconds after the tweet was posted. People are watching for this stuff now to have that opinion. Sasha Banks liked that tweet the other day. um, And it's like, oh, my God, this is true now. She's watching. If you look at her likes, they're just random stuff. Yeah, she's she's found what someone's... People forget that these people are human beings and the Sasha Banks situation, um, she is a human being that her life, my, my job is not my life. I have a life outside of what I do for a living. She, in a very different scenario, has a job, has a life outside of her job and she is allowed to fill that time with whatever she wants. Does that mean liking a tweet about something you know, oh my god, she's watching New Japan, she's watching All Elite Wrestling. Well, you do realise that this lady's been watching wrestling since she's 10 years old, so she's allowed mm-hmm. to watch wrestling, for one. People, but to come, you know, back around, people are so quick to judge and have an opinion and have an assumption. Where, you know what? None of us but Banks and the WWE know what happened. None of us, no matter how many reports we read, no matter how many things we go on about, none of us know what happened. So really, for the most part, we should all shut the fuck up. Really. If you look so at don't you think way. it's classy? Don't you think it's classy from her as well? Because she hasn't either side said, she's not like shat on the company. She's not done anything. She's done little things. But just imagine not being able to say anything. Imagine, like, being in a position where if you said how you really felt, you know, like, some of these wrestlers have had their Twitter accounts and stuff from just when they were breaking into the business, and they put little tweets out, and no one would even notice them. Now they're putting a tweet out, which might be just two freaking emojis, and everyone in the planet, every wrestling newspaper, every wrestling Twitterer, every Instagrammer are putting the tweet up there. I remember yesterday, like... It just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Wrestle, um, I think it was Wrestle Talk, or it might have been What Culture. And it, the, the, the literally the title was Sasha Banks likes tweet that doesn't like the WWE. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that news now? 
Are we are we on likes and retweets? How is that news? If she was following them, I can get it. But they're working us like they're messing with us because they know that we're not watching saying anything. their every move as well. So they know that. Yeah. If exactly we know that, because they know that. <laughs> they're working us. I, they, I saw someone that has recently joined the wrestling Twitter community and got nothing but good things to say about uh, uh, Kelly Klein. Yeah. And... Kelly Klein joined it in the smartest way possible. She was like, hey there, I'd like to join the rest of the Twitter community. And it was like, everyone went, oh my god, oh my god, oh we love you so much. I remember seeing it and everyone was just like, oh, oh I love you so much. And I was like, yo, <laughs> hey there, I do it. I said nothing else. But I know that probably like January time, I would have crafted a tweet which would have been like, Kelly Klein is the best wrestler in the world and she's fantastic and I can't believe it. And if she'd liked it, I would have been like, oh my god she liked my tweet it is really weird how you and me have done it dude i i can pretty much guarantee that everybody that we have talked to within this world has done it at some point where you you craft a tweet because you're going i want a like i want a retweet whatever it may be i want someone to i know how people will react to this we've all done it um, mm-hmm. But it is really weird how we, again, going back to like imposter syndrome and that, we're always trying to fill that void of wanting to be important. So we try to, not manipulate it is a terrible word to use, but we try to um, just put out something where we know what the reaction will already be because we need a little pep in our step. We've done it. So yep. you've done it. I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just more so that. Um, we are always looking for that validation online because we're so yes. worried about our online reputation. And I think that... Oh, God, and, yeah. and it's not even just online. I am I can count numerous times where I've done it in my personal life where I'm looking for validation. You almost say a sentence a certain way because you know someone will go, no, 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 you're this. So you... I constantly seek validation because I need it to fuel me to go, okay, I know that I'm okay at this. So it is really <laughs> weird how much validation, no matter, people, some people will admit it, some people won't. I'm not afraid to admit that I seek it. And mm-hmm. because I'm trying to fill that void. What do you think about that kind of, do you, are you the person that will kind of, not all the time, but will you seek validation from peers? Oh God, yes. I mean, as, as I said, everything that I did coming into October, November and stuff was, and I said it constantly on my streams and stuff. And because I've always been quite real with the fan base I had, how small, however small or big they were at the time, people have stuck with me for a very long time. I was like, this is validation, guys. I was like, I've got to this many followers on Twitter. This means I'm doing something right. This is validation. Once I got to a thousand subscribers on youtube yeah it's just a number yeah it doesn't really matter but it was validation for me mm-hmm. getting to the 10k on twitter specifically for me very specific goal that i set was i wasn't going to pay to get a t-shirt store i wasn't going to pay yeah that was my specific yeah. thing i was like i'm not going to go to pro wrestling tees i'm not going to give them a hundred dollars because i spoke to them a few years ago and the the level back then was like five thousand followers and I was like, and I sent them an email. They were really nice coming back to me and said, no, mate. But back then, there wasn't the $100 option. So I had, my goal was get to 10,000 followers, send a message out to Pro Wrestling Tees, and they'll give me a, a store. And 
I wanted to go in in my way to validate my existence. I wanted to go in the same way that Ric Flair did. I wanted to go in the same way that JR did. No money changing hands, just we want you on our store. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I put a t-shirt up there. Guess what happened? I realized, oh, fuck, I've got a t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, my God, it's a really shitty design. Oh, shit, I don't want to do any of that anymore. Like, straight away, I had hit the goal that I wanted to hit. Yeah. And I remember I was like, but it doesn't feel right. It, it doesn't mean anything. Because uh, everyone else is just like, oh, we just paid $100. And I'm like, yeah, but this is my journey. That's something that I could have paid it. like, But I didn't want to because I wanted to feel like I'd got there again on my own um a lot of what i've done has been hopefully to get you know to understand that what i'm doing is good you know getting that little pep talk getting that little i remember like specifically i i I spent ages on writing this tweet out and it was the hardys and it's the, the 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 tweet that matt hardy and jeff hardy retweeted it was the point at which i could say to my little brother hey yo dude things are actually working out because that was a mark out moment my validation comes from family my mom always says you're doing really well you know i'm very impressed <laughs> she doesn't know like a lot of the times it's like she's just saying it like she'd say to me if i'd come third in like the foot race at school she'd just be like you've done very well at least you've had a good time <laughs> like because the numbers don't mean much to her she's not very internet-y so to her she just sees that i'm doing stuff and i'm having fun but validation i get is from the internet and it yeah. happens so much it happens so much the amount of times that i've just been like i feel that it's a little bit hard sometimes to do that and it's why i've pulled back a little bit on twitter and pulled back on instagram especially because instagram that was just look i made dinner for myself tonight aren't you all impressed like for a long long time because i would take those photos of instagram into real life and so like well i made all these dinners for myself over the past week and they're like oh shit we just thought you had pizza every night i'm like no i made myself a whole lasagna (laughs) look (laughs) and um it's it's having like real it's hard and it's intangible for what we do and it's intangible for what a lot of people do to understand what we're actually doing like what does it mean how much money does it bring and i come in from an asian family so the validation for them would be you are earning x amount every month from this yeah until an x amount dollar value or pound value can be put on it i'm just fucking around that's all i'm doing so and I always make the joke about my internet pennies. I make the joke because, fuck, that was the biggest validation ever. It was like, YouTube, you're going to give me, like, five pennies for every show I do. Shit, man. Like, that's something, though, isn't it? Like, that's... It feels like something. It, it, um, yeah, but I do see validation a lot. And I think a lot of people do. I, if oh, yeah. anyone says that they don't, they're probably lying. 100%. Because they seek validation. <laughs> they're seeking validation for that point to say that they're not like that. Yeah, no joke. Everybody sent, seeks it in some way, whatever way it may be. Maybe even indirectly, but you do seek it. Um, just to just to, to anyone listening right now, um, please don't take this and foul. Um, you can kind of add on to this as well, but I'm definitely not unhappy, and I definitely do see my value, and I I definitely love everybody that I chat to and everyone that I kind of listen to and follow along on Twitter. It's definitely not about that. It's this is not like a bashing at all. It's just more so my own mind and how I think. Um, I definitely understand that. Um, as especially since I've joined Brainbuster Radio, um, with Wrestling Reverb, is that 
I have gained way more of a following than I ever had, and I have more ears listening to me than I ever have, and that is 100,000% what I want, and that's what, you know, I just want to keep expanding, as we all do. We all want to get bigger and bigger and have more people to interact with. Interaction is the best thing that, you know, watching wrestling and then you have someone tweet with you, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty nice feeling. And this definitely isn't a, you know, everyone's better than me and I don't belong. It's it's not that, it's just how my mind and how Fowl's mind works. And listen, I mean... I hope, a, I hope that, I hope that this in particular kind of puts into people's minds that even if you're at a certain level, that you're still a person. And a lot of people don't see that. You know, a lot of people might just see your tweets. A lot of people might just see and think that that's how you are all the time. But we're all three-dimensional people. And it's, you know, if you're excited, if a lot of the times that you put out a show, let's say you don't like the state of the WWE at the, t- at the moment, people might go, uh, well, that person doesn't like WWE all the time and they're being negative. Yeah. No, you know, you're enjoying having that opportunity to make that opinion known. And, that, yeah. and that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, a lot of people can feel this in their real life and just in their normal, you know, someone gets a promotion. I remember getting a promotion at work once and going, well, why the fuck do I get it? Like, what did I do differently? Is it because yeah. I was here longer? Is it? And so it applies to so much more. It's just it's magnified here because everybody sees it. Yeah. Um, so much. It's it's hard. But it's, um, hey, uh Listen, it's not even about, you know, with validation and, and you know, not feeling belonging or whatever. It's not even about, um, uh, like, it's not even about the actual meaning of the word y- you guys are saying to me when I'm seeking validation. It's more about the fact that it's, it's a, a signal for my brain to go, okay, someone's listening to what I'm saying, someone values my opinion, and, and whatever it may be. And when you talk about someone, it's very easy to get, um, it's, it's like you talk about being negative about the WWE. Um, something that everyone kind of knows about me is that I'm somewhat positive. I, I like to kind of look on the light side of things and, and, and whatever it may be. But the moment I have the slightest tweet that's or the slightest opinion on the show that's a little bit left of field and a little bit negative, all of a sudden my perception has changed and I think everyone thinks I'm negative. And that's a lot of just mm. us being in our own heads as well. But um, yeah, it's got to come from somewhere and it, it is really weird how you can get in your own, your own mind, whether it be online or whether it be in, in the real world. There's been a lot of layoffs in... in at my workplace and a lot of people are getting demoted or, or um, made redundant or whatever it may be. And in my mind, I'm like, why am I not getting this demotion or why am I not getting made redundant? But other people are. So it does relate to your own world. And it's very odd that I'm looking at it as like, why isn't this happening to me when I clearly don't want it to happen? And I clearly know that I, you know, respect my workplace and I, I do my, the best that I can in my job. I know I'm somewhat okay at my job. So like, why am I looking at it? Like, why am I not getting punished because other people are when I think they deserve more than I do. So it, it doesn't just relate to, you know, 
being on a podcast or being online, it's, it's everywhere in life. And it's not an unhappy state. It's just a very, um, it, it, I guess it makes me overthink, I think. Um, but that's one of the reasons I kind of did this foul is because, listen, the amount of times that I had an idea for doing something like this show um, and, mm. you know, I've had many conversations with people to be like, stay in your lane, do what you do best at. And I'm sure you've mm. probably had people that have told you that as well, Fow, And um, Oh, every, so, so much, so much. And it, it's hard to take the leap to just go, I'm going to do this because I can have conversations like this where it doesn't really have a place on Reverb. Um, it, like, this is kind of out of the ordinary to put on Reverb, but I have my own thing. And listen, I'm six or seven episodes of aired at the time that we've recorded this, and I'm pretty proud of what I put out. I've had shows about mental health. I've had shows about mm. um, theatre. I've had shows about people's lives as a child, um, whatever it may be. And I'm pretty proud of that, but every single day I'm like, should I have just stuck to what I knew? And that's wrestling. Why am I expanding onto other things? Like, will people care? Will people care that I'm talking to other people? Like, what is my right to know these things that other people don't? You know how it is. And, and I think um, mm-hmm. it takes a... Hey, it takes some balls to do... It takes some balls to start podcasts. And I don't care what anyone... You know, people probably just think, oh, you're just talking into a microphone. It's like, no, you're putting your opinion out there for literally anyone in the world can comment on. They can nitpick you mm. for the way you speak, for the way you present yourself online, to the to your opinions. Literally, mine and your stuff can be picked out by anybody in the world and they can say the slightest thing to really set you back. Mm. I mean, you, something like this, for example, yeah, for what you're doing. Um, and if something, when I, whenever I do something show-wise, especially when you're doing a podcast, you've got to imagine that people have this conversation that you've had or they've had this show that you've had. They can listen to it whenever they want. So it it makes it different, doesn't it? And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort and confidence to really do it. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a a lot of people like I do video mainly, but that took a fuckload of time. That took a hell of a lot of like, they're going to, they're going to think I look stupid. They're going to think I look stupid. They're going to realize I'm Asian. Because especially when I first started Foul Original, you know the amount of right-wing propaganda messages I used to get <laughs> from people who didn't understand that I was Asian because I never really used to show it. Yeah. And then one day someone went, oh, wait, you're brown. And I remember going, yep. <laughs> um, but I, I, it took a lot. And doing this, just the podcast thing, I've got so much... Um, I've got so much like admiration for people that can do it because I try, I, I could do it, but it, I do it in a different way. I'm not as like, I, I can't, I, I don't feel like sometimes I can do it the way that I want to do it. And cause yeah. I'm constantly analyzing it and then it doesn't come out. If it's live, I have to do it. It's done It's too late. What can you do? But if I've recorded it, oh, those shows can sit on ice for years because I'll be like, oh, it, it needs one more tweak or, oh, I found out a better way to do it or, oh, I don't like that, like, you know, and I'll sit in the vault forever. So people that can make a show, put it out and 
like for example what you're doing obviously you've got your shows and they're going out on a regular basis yeah so you know that it's something that you can look forward to every week with my shows they are going to be more (laughs) avant-garde and they're a bit more like well show's coming out whenever it's ready so screw you all it's coming out whatever but the wrestling stuff i have to do on a schedule it's something that's really helped me as well putting a framework in there in what i do um but but yeah now dude like mad props because you know obviously you're doing video stuff you did video stuff before and you can see that your confidence increases yeah like the more that you realize that shit people are turning up people do want to see this people do want to because i watched your um your cookbook video i remember yes. laughing straight away yeah because i was laughing straight away because i was like oh my god this is just josh like this is you know what i mean like and that's that, what i'm trying to do is just listen this is going to sound cheesy as all fuck it's going to sound cheesy but there is only one you in the world and obviously mm-hmm. there is something about the way just i act like that video that cookbook video is how i act just every day that's just how i am and i'm like like, you know, I've been wanting to do more video stuff for a little while, and I was just literally just sitting down. I was talking to my sister and my mom, and I'm like, listen, give me some ideas on what I can do. And then I was just, you know, walking around doing my own shit, and mom's like, just film this. And I'm like, what? She's like, just film you doing random shit that you do in your normal day. And I'm like, okay. And me and my sister, as you watch the video, anyone that has watched that video, um... I'm just being myself, being a bit of a moron. I am a little bit of a moron that likes to have a laugh. And I guess, you know, there's, I guess there's value in that. And I just didn't understand that. But it's just weird that you bring that video up because it's like, that was just me just with a camera and just hoping for the best. <laughs> but but that but that's that's where the best stuff comes from. Like just out there with a camera, hoping for the best, and you're just like something will happen, <laughs> something good will come of this. But you don't, you wouldn't even realize that. That's because you know, like I can't watch a lot of my stuff back after the fact. Ooh, I try not to. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't. If it's if it's audio, then yeah, I've gotta listen to it because I gotta check it. But if it's video, oh, normally I try not to. I Um, don't too much either because it's like the only reason I watched my video back, like the cookbook video, is because a lot of the editing was done by my sister. So I'm like, I have to check (laughs) what she's done to make sure that it's okay (laughs) uh, before I upload anything. So I had to watch it. But I was just like watching it when you're like kind of like looking like it was almost like a horror movie i was like oh like this is not funny like you don't <laughs> laugh at yourself you genuinely no I'm you won't laughing. i'm just like oh i made this horrible joke but then when i put it out and you know people like yourself or whatever is saying you know i was just laughing i'm like okay there's value again validation and i got it from that video in a weird way and people like i want more stuff and 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 whatever it may be. And probably by the time that this drops, I'll have another video out. Um, but yeah, I am expanding on the what, you know, and you do that really well. I feel like um, what I like about you the most is that you, even you telling me, I didn't know this, but you don't seem like you're afraid to try new things, but it seems like you, in a way you are, but you do a lot of I everything. Turtled, I turtled. I turtled back because 
as I said, I was like, oh, I'm doing too much. But you know, that, but that's the perception, isn't it? And that's something that I want to try and break down. Um, is I do try and do everything. Like the difference is, is that I've. It's like I've almost done everything already. So I'm at a position now where, like Twitch, you know, I had my Twitch channel. I had my little Twitch. It's like I have phases. So, like, I had my little Twitch phase back in November time, November all the way through till about January. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really hard. <laughs> I was like, shit, like, I've just sat here to like an 18 hour stream. That's really hard. Oh, wrestling is getting interesting again. And so I like to be able to go and do other stuff whenever I want, because it's how you it's how you get better. And it's I don't want to be bored by my own stuff. I always say, like, if it was me watching myself. Yeah, like I won't do it. But if it was me watching myself, I'd be like, oh, oh, he's just doing the same shit that he did last week. Oh, he's, the, he's talking about the same shit he did last week. You know what? Yeah, I'll give you one more week. And then if in that week I bring a puppet out or something, people are like, what the fuck is this? Oh, you know, I'm going to keep watching. I don't know why, but I don't know what he's going to do next. When will he pull his dick out? You know, that will be like that. That'll be like... But again, that's just the that's just how I am. Yeah. And I've tried to hopefully evolve through it yeah um, no joke thank you, you no 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 of course um as we kind of wind down um i guess the whole point of this show is as cheesy as it sounds always be your be yourself as, if anyone is listening to this and and they're looking to whatever field that you're looking to start in whether it's podcasting youtubing twitch streaming um i do all three of those things and i have just realized that just do what you normally do. And, you know, there's no one else that can really do that. As corny as that sounds, that is kind of the point. But, you know, it's and it's also okay to feel that imposter syndrome kind of feeling. It is okay. to. It's normal. I'm sure a lot of us, without even, you know, naming names or whatever, but a, a lot of the people that I speak to on a daily basis, basis probably feel that way as well. And it's it's fine, and, you know, you'll learn to deal with it and learn to grow out of it and learn to evolve from it. And, as, you know, it's just a part of everything, anything you do. Um, but, Fal, I want to thank you first and foremost for, you know, speaking with me today for... Um, and being so open about it too, because you don't have to be. I'm not forcing anyone to be open on this show, but um, it, this is becoming, you know, again, the evolution of something. What started out as a little idea we're diving in is kind of evolving into something I didn't think we'd really get to, but I'm not at all mad at. I'm very happy with, you know, the reception and the reputation that this show, again, validation of this show. Um <laughs> But I just want to thank you for coming on today and, and talking with me about whatever and um just keep keep kicking butt, dude. Thanks, thanks. I will, man. Like <laughs> I got new shoes and everything. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic uh, bow with the jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't even remember the exact. Uh, I've got a big boot. I've got a big, big Australian boot. Thank you. So oh great. yes, ha ha. Att- attack the Australian day. No, I'm getting it. So the time of this recording, I'm, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm getting attacked a lot over over Vegemite uh, on Twitter yeah. these last few days. Yeah, well, what's up with that? <laughs> 
So uh, we um, shout out to new members of Brain Buster Radio, Headlock Talk, Tanner and Steven. Lovely dudes. We had a chat last week for their show. And, um, you know, you know how you are after you record something. You just chit chat. And somehow Vegemite came up and they said, listen, we're going to try Vegemite on our show next week. And we're, we're going to buy it and we're going to do it just for you. And I was like, ah, oh, cheers, man. You know, what a nice thing to do. I can actually talk about Vegemite with someone and go, hey, how great is it? And I was talking it up. Oh, man. I was like, yeah, you're going to, you know, simple Australian thing to say. Vegemite is fantastic. Um, I listened to their show today, uh, Headlock Talk, and uh, I heard some near vomit sounds come out of the uh, come out of the speakers into my ears and my poor little Aussie heart was broken. And now everyone's oh. on the train of Vegemite sucks. And I, I just think it's just going to be one of those Australian things. I don't think anyone in the States like Vegemite. I don't think anyone in the UK likes Vegemite. Um, it's just not a thing that people like. But I love it. I'm, so sh- I'll, I'll just I'm sure that on. Vegemite... I'm sure that Vegemite is close enough to Marmite. Like, obviously, mm. I ain't got paid yet. I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna go buy some Vegemite. Yeah, I'm sure I can go pick up from here. I'll try the Vegemite. Like, I've got toast in front of me right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta have toast. Obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'll get. I'll give it. I'll give it a shot because I'm sure we had Vegemite in the house at one point, like ages ago. But it's just really close to Marmite, and I'm not the biggest Marmite fan, it's so I can't Mar- promise. Well, I've never had Marmite, but I'm just saying it's different to Marmite because it's not the classic Australian Vegemite, you know? <laughs> it's made in Melbourne, mate. you got to... <laughs> but they broke my they broke my poor little heart. I can't I can't oh. hack it. But I was oh the first thing I did though was where they put up a picture of this piece of toast with Vegemite. I'm like, your consistency of Vegemite to butter ratio is very wrong. <laughs> like, I was just I was going at it. So uh, whenever this drops in two or three weeks time from the time that we're recording right now, I hope that uh, they've changed their opinion on Vegemite. But I heard some horrendous noises come out. I was like. Well, that's not the noise I make when I eat Vegemite. It's definitely not well, the noise I make. the thing I is, make. looks like they bought a pretty big tub of it as well. Oh, they did. So, <laughs> from what I saw. So, maybe they'll get used to it by the end of the tub. Maybe you'll find out they're making, like, oh, Vegemite desserts and stuff. I don't think they're putting that in their mouth again, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know you can do lots of things with Vegemite, though? You can clean your toilet with it. If you put- See, you told me that, yeah. And then I looked into Vegemite online. And then I was like, shit, you can? There's loads of things you could do with that it stuff. It takes rust off your car. I'm not kidding. Yeah, but that's what worries me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it takes rust off your car, and then, like, it takes stuff out your toilet. It must take years off your life. Like, I'm sure. That... It's it's not only conventional and cleans your toilet, but you can also have it as a nice snack while you're cleaning said toilet. So I just think of it as a multifunctional purpose, and it's the savior of our existence. That's how I like to think of it, anyway. But a lot of people the, the one, thing, the one thing I have to say is, if someone was like cleaning my toilet and eating Vegemite at the same point, are we worrying about what they were dipping their toast into? Like, because no. that's a logistical nightmare. That's a logistical nightmare. How are you doing that? I mean, you yeah. know, you get what you get in this country. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um no, it's 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 uh, one of the only things that's left in in Australia that's actually proudly Australian made. We give everything up to other countries, so I'm clinging on to this one for as long as I can. <laughs> you can have Paul Hogan back if you want. It's all right. Uh, okay. Yay. Um, <laughs> we've got literally it's a uh, Vegemite, the Iconics, 
uh, Kylie Minogue and Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know we're pretty proud of those things. Well, at least I am. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, I've actually heard Billy and Peyton talk about how much they love Vegemite. So they're true Australians. I have come across. But they are also true heels. <laughs> that is true. They could be fucking with me, couldn't they? And they, hey, they fuck with the rest of the world by liking Vegemite. So hey, they're good at their jobs. They're good at their jobs. Very schmick, as we would say in Australia. You probably don't even know what schmick means, do you? Schmick? schmick. No. Schmick. You'll have to call me a schmuck for schmick. Schmick is like, it's good. It's very good. It's, uh, you're right. It's schmick. That's, that's schmick. That's very Aussie. That's very Australian, <laughs> if you will. Um, I can go full Aussie when I need to go full Aussie. Try do. When you go full Aussie, it is, it's amazing. It is an amazing thing because it's, it's like, um, it's like when I'll have, like, for example, I put on a specific voice to speak on the phone with. And so I'll be on the phone and be like, oh, hello there, file original, ICT service desk. I always be like that, actually. It'll be more like, I've got a specific <laughs> voice. But then they'll hear me at some point. They'll be like, yo, you just went full normal. Yeah, I did do it. So, um, yeah, I can, yeah. Um, <laughs> trust me, I can crank out the Aussie talk when I need to. I mean, I've learnt doing this that I have a somewhat thick accent. I didn't realise that I did. But I do have somewhat of a fairly thick Australian accent, but I can go full Aussie when I need to. People have heard me do it. Um, There'll be some Australian words that I will never repeat on a podcast, uh, starting with a C, but um, that's every second word in a conversation. We say that to our boss. I thought... I thought these were like secret Aussie. Like, like if you don't know these words, when you turn up to someone, they're like, hey, do you know what this is? Oh, it looks like you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> looks like you put the veg. <laughs> looks like you put the Vegemite jar upside down in the kitchen. We know you're a true Aussie, like stuff like that, like secrets, secrets of the Aussie realm. We're on the bottom of the earth. We're like tucked away from everybody. It's like a lot of people relate us to aliens because we talk very <laughs> strangely. I get it. We do. I get it from speaking to people from different countries every day on a podcast is that I realize that I am very foreign to people, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, you know, we, we, we have some prized possessions in this world. I will always go to Kylie Minogue because everyone knows who Kylie Minogue is and who doesn't love the locomotion or, you know, can't get you out of my head or something. They're great tunes. So I'll happily exactly. proudly present Kylie Minogue to the rest of the world. But, um, other than that, if I say neighbors to an American, they're like, what the fuck is neighbors? You know? Like, oh, that gonna... movie with Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, they're like that. And I'm like, nope, neighbors is a very long standing show in this. Kath and Kim, do you know what Kath and Kim is, Fowl? Yes. Oh. Yes, I know what Kath and Kim is. Kath Kim and Kim is on BBC fan... over here. Okay, Kath and Kim is a fantastic Australian show. And um, the only thing that Americans will know about Kath and Kim is the terrible attempt. That the, uh, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good, uh, they tried to adapt it in America, Kath and Kim, and it was fucking shit. (laughs) You know what really annoyed me about that is I've got a massive crush on Selma Blair, and when I knew she was in it, I was like, yeah, and then, oh yeah, it happened, happened, didn't it? The show happened. is an Australian iconic show. Everybody in Australia knows what Kath and Kim is. I think, I think a lot of, um, British people and Aussies are very similar in their humour. Um, and mm. we get a lot of sh- British comedies here, and I think you get a lot of Aussie stuff over there. Um, Hell of a lot. Yeah, so um, 
did you get like so we will do something and like angry boys yeah of course so yeah dude of course we did and we got them on normal bbc we got them on mainstream television shows everyone knew angry boys was everyone in the states is like we had to seek it out or like it was on at weird times or like not everyone knows what it is but in Australia, that's just common talk. We know who Mr. G is. We sing all his songs, you know. She's a naughty girl with a bad habit for drugs. Ecstasy, ex- you know. Bad habit. Like, bad habit. She's a... Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Bad habit for drugs. <laughs> like, <I> just... <laughs> what a... That's just like... I'm, I will... Oh, man. Summer Heights High is fantastic. Mr. G is... Oh, what a man! He, he's exemplary. I just, I, like, I, I, did you did you see the um uh oh, what was it called the uh, Lunatics? Did I haven't watch Lunatics? watched Lunatics yet, but all I'm told is that there's someone from Adelaide in that show, and I'm from Adelaide, so I need to watch it. Yes, yes, it's it's good. Like, I I love I love the the British and um, Australian comedy so similar, yes. um, in a sense that we can get the jokes from each side. Like I can yep. totally watch an Australian show and understand what's happening. And I'm the same, but when with I an watch, American show, yeah, yours, you know, the UK stuff. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But the States I get, but they don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if I show um, someone from America, Kath and Kim, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? But if I show you Kath and Kim, you'll be like, oh yeah. You know, they're just in fountain gates, you know, talking about whatever brett and kim and and kel and we've had weird because we've had weird shows like that i think i think that's what it is there's a lot more risk taken on a bigger stage um with the australian stuff like i mean did you ever i mean this this is like we need to do an episode of remote wrestling just about australian stuff but (laughs) did you ever remember a show um it was about a it was called underbelly oh yeah underbelly was like our highest rated show um (laughs) for the longest time it's like I talk about underbelly and I ask you underbelly. If I said it to someone else, they'd be like, uh, "I'm not really sure what you're talking about." But I was watching it. Like I went and seeked it out. I had this big. Okay, so I had like a big Australian meltdown. I loved it. You know when the, the you guys got a TV show called The Games. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I fell in a massive Australian rabbit hole back in like 2005, six ish, and I was like, "Oh my god, this whole sh- this show is amazing!" And I found Underbelly, and it, there was a court case happening at exactly the same time um, with real stuff that was happening yeah. in Australia. So I was, so it wasn't you weren't allowed to watch it in per- certain parts of Australia, but I was watching it every week, downloaded. I was like, "Oh my god, this show is amazing!" Yeah. But didn't really get the reception over here that it should have done. Like it's like the wire. Hey, Fal, like, it's I like wasn't an amazing allowed to show. watch that show on a reg- on every week because I was in the part of Australia that we w- in South in this part of South Australia we didn't air it, um, yep. just because of different things. But we eventually got it, and I found you know, you know when I needed to watch it, I could watch it. But we weren't allowed to watch it in some parts of South Australia and Victoria and New South Wales, which is states in Australia for anyone listening. Um, yeah, we weren't allowed to watch it. So ha. it was a big deal over here though. It was our Kath and Kim, the series four was the, um, it did the highest numbers that any Australian television show has ever done. And then underbelly beat it. <laughs> mm. And, but it was fantastic. And it's yeah. these little things that I think that other places in the world, like then take, you know, there's a lot of times where I always say, you know, like Gavin and Stacey. I'm sure you guys got Gavin and Stacey. Yes. Um, 
So Gavin and Stacey wouldn't really work anywhere else. It's a very British show. Like, it's very British. I think the closest it could work would be an Australian thing. And then you'd make uh, Ruth into, say, a New Zealander. And then yeah. the show would basically work the same way. Yeah. Like, but anywhere else, it wouldn't no. work. We're very similar uh, in that way. Very similar. But um, it is it is really... This is probably a really good topic to actually talk about for your show, Fow. So um, mm. before we go any further with this, um, let's kind of take a minute to kind of, you know, put yourself over and, and tell us about the shows that you've got because you've got some new kind of adventures for anyone that doesn't know, where we can find you. And um, the floor is yours, my dude. Thank you very much. So, um, I'm Foul Original. You can find me on Twitter at Foul underscore Original. You can also find me on Twitter at Remote Wrestling, where we look into what else wrestles your remote. I'll get this tagline right one of these times. But um, <laughs> you can find Remote Wrestling on all podcast places, Spotify soon, but iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Check out the Twitter for more information. Um, I also am on the YouTubes, youtube.com slash Foul Original Wrestling. Um, we have a live show every Wednesday and Sunday night, 8 p.m. GMT, weekly wrestling recap where we talk about wrestling and other bits and pieces and potentially possibly just like opinion pieces. Um, also live for most of the pay-per-views and check out the Twitter because we'd be doing giveaways all the time. Uh, and yeah, you can find me all over places. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, please go and follow Fowl. Um, we've had just a great chat today, and and it's, like I said at the top of the program, um, it's been a minute since we've actually chatted. It's been a, it's been a while now. It was, jeez, uh, mm. it's, it's been a little while since we've it's... actually had a chat on a podcast or just, you know, um, not not through uh, Twitter DMs, so it's nice to catch up a little bit today, Fowl, but... Um, very much a big huge thank you for coming on and um yeah i'm sure we'll do plenty of more stuff in the future oh you could be on remote wrestling very soon oh yeah it's gonna find the time it's gonna find the time for you busy man this josh busy man and our time zones are just complete shit where australia and the uk just do not match up very well (laughs) 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 it just it's just it's just just pretty shit but um we'll make it work don't worry everyone um we're very uh flexible people Ooh, a sexual innuendo um but on that note how how very antipodean of you um yeah i'm a man of many talents let's not go there let's just uh uh we'll sign off for the day and um thank you everyone for listening to this week Please continue to rate this podcast five stars on iTunes. You're catching this wherever you kind of can. Um, wherever you get podcasts, you can get diving in. Please make sure you check out Foul Stuff as well as Brain Buster Radio where you can catch Wrestling Reverb every single Friday with me and Kevin. And yeah, please follow me on Twitter or you know where to find me at this point. All my links will be down in the description below. Tweet shit at me all the time because I'm always down to chat. And I'll catch you next time on Diving In with Josh next Tuesday. Peace out.